Hello, Jean. Hello. How are you? I'm awesome. That's good. How's life for you right now? It's great. It's it's great. It's a lot of like metamorphosis, if that's a good word to use. How so? Um, a lot of more coming into myself. Uh, I got my name fixed, and that's been a great life step because now I no longer have to explain that to people, and it can it's just a normal thing. Uh, it was great. I went into conversation with someone, and I introduced myself, and I was like, "Hi, my my name is Jean." <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, oh, I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to give any explanation or any. It was. Was awesome. it a long time coming? Um. Yeah. Yes and no. Long time coming as in it should have happened, but not because I didn't really think of it as an option to fix it for a long oh. time. Oh. Yeah. You, know. you thought you couldn't fix it or it would have been a huge hassle? Yeah, I thought it maybe would have been a huge hassle. It mm. wouldn't have been worth it. I thought I was silly for wanting to change it for a long time. Uh, and then I met motherfucking beans. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this guy's badass. Like, <laughs> like, like, why can't I do it? You know, like anything's possible. Is yeah. his name legally Beans? Yeah, Beans with a Z. He's <laughs> badass. Yeah, what? I absolutely. didn't know it was legal. He was the first person I met at KTL. Uh, for uh, kick the ladder, little <laughs> <sponsorship>. <laughs> tell us what kick uh, the ladder is. Uh, kick the ladder is where every Thursday we met at uh, the KTL house, um, and uh, they had a little <laughs> barn that they fixed up to be like a movie theater, and we just showed up and we made one minute films based on a dice roll that gave us parameters of what the film could be about, and then we just showcased them to each other and talked. And it was a really nice time. It was awesome. It's probably uh, one of the best communities I've ever found in my life. Yeah. I don't say that lightly. <laughs> I would say that off the show. <laughs> no, yeah, I would agree. I feel like everybody that goes is like, oh my God, yeah. how did I not know about this? I didn't know about it until October. <laughs> I knew about it. I knew about it in like July when I when Instagram just recommended me a video and I saw a uh, my uh, college alumni, Sicily Ranieri, <laughs> more sponsor. <laughs> the name dropping so funny. <laughs> when I when I saw Sicily in a video as like a cowgirl bandito person with with, uh, with Nicola, who also went to my college, and I was like, oh, that's cool. They did a short film together. Oh, there's more people that I know. Kick the ladder. I was like, what the hell is that? Like, what no, are they at first doing? I was like, what? I was what like, is Kick mean? the Ladder a production company that mm. Sicily and Nicola are working on? That's good for them. But then I looked into it more and I was like, these are my friends just making videos for fun? I was like, man, I got to figure out what this is. And I'm really glad I went. Yeah. yeah. So what's your relationship to improv? How long have you been doing it? Um, not long at all. Uh, improv has always been a training or something that I've been putting off for my acting. Um, and I really only got the courage, I would say, to try it out in like March of 2022. But I definitely have taken like an improv workshop and then just had like a fine mediocre time with it, you know, mm -hmm. had some laughs, had some bombs. And then I was like, okay, I've done improv. Whew, good. Got that off my chest. Done. Don't got to <laughs> do that. You can put it anymore. on my resume. <laughs> yeah, it's on. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, it's on my resume now. I'm done. I don't got to do this anymore. <laughs> and then I was... Uh, just trying to figure out what to do because things were a little bit slow for me acting wise um, and I wanted to grow in some way and I thought you know I never I was honest with myself I never really gave improv a chance so I did I took a class at Dance Garage and it was fun mm. was level one your favorite level if you kept going because <sighs> no. I'm on only level no, two and I'm like I dude, miss it <laughs> no dude level one was very much like here's how you get out of your shell and really <laughs> understand who you are. When you do. And I was like, I know who I am. I'm, I'm comfortable with myself. I'm not uh, in trouble like as a performer with like insecurities or anxiety or anything like that. I just need to know how to be good at improv. Like I want to be good on the spot. I want to be uh, smart in that, in that way. I want to be fast, flexible. Um, oh, you want to be flexible? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to be flexible. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I meant to ask. So yeah. you also do stand up? Uh yeah. Did I you did do that first? Uh, no, no, first? I did improv first. I did improv first, and then I again I just didn't think of stand up as like something for me or something that I would do. I was like, I'm funny in life, and that's good enough for me, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, because I just saw it as like a skill set that you had to like. 
I just assume everyone who does anything has trained for years to do it and just like has a bunch of discipline and all these things. You could just walk up and do stand up. You could just do it. And you, could, you could be great or you could absolutely bomb, of course. Yeah. But I just thought everyone on there had like, had like, Put in time and invested to like vet their spot at the open mart, uh, at, the, at open mart, at the open <laughs> mic, at the open mic in the back of a bar. And I was like, oh no, you can just sign up. Yeah. And I found that out um, at Dynamic El Dorado. Uh, and then I thought about doing stand up. And my first show actually was uh, at an open mic that I signed up for at the Laughing Skull, which is like one oh. of the best venues in Atlanta. It's a bold move. Yeah, I just signed up. I was like, there's going to be like 100 people. And yeah. All, cause I was like, well, because I never knew if I was going to do it a lot. I didn't know how long it was for me. So I just figured, why half-ass it, man? If I'm going to do stand-up, I'm going to do it in front of 100 people. And I'm going <laughs> to... If I'm going to fail, I want I'm everybody to see, see it. <laughs> I'm going to see if I'm funny. <laughs> I'm going to put myself on the spot. Wow. And it was great. I thought I killed it. It was a lot of fun. I was definitely Aww. nervous. Uh, but uh, I was really proud of it. And uh, yeah, it's fun. Oh, I, I posted it on Instagram. So you can see it my personal <laughs> stand-up. You can see I was nervous. I was like repeating stupid, like... like um, uh, oh, what do I say? Something that was like a safety net in a mm-hmm. sentence. You know what I mean? Like you're not really talking. You're just sort of filling yeah. the air. I did a lot of things like that that I look back and I'm like, ah. That's why I can't watch I was, myself. It's I so cringe. I, was nervous. I know, but yeah. I'm proud of it. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you could yeah. see me be a loser. It's fine. No, I... <laughs> it's all good. No, that I, well, okay. I guess I have to ask, where does all your self-confidence come from? Hmm. Other than the obvious that you're, oh, hmm. so handsome. Oh, and so, so talented. So cute and talented. <laughs> uh, yeah, amazing career. So successful. No, no, no. I don't know. I've been, I've been actually struggling with what I would label it. Because we were talking the other night when we were all in a little circle. And we were like, what's the best thing you like about yourself? <laughs> and and my, my first thing I said was my confidence. Because that's what everyone else is. I'm really confident. Mm-hmm. And um, just how I, how I go for things. And it's, I, I guess maybe I'm putting off an air of like, I'm not scared. But of course I am. You know, <laughs> like it's like, so it's like, I am scared. It is scary. Uh, but I chase that feeling because what you should do something that scares you all the time so that way you are not scared of it yeah. and you become a stronger, more well-rounded human, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything. But, I don't know anything. But I guess, and then I changed it because uh, Kim came and we were like, oh, hey, and and, uh, and JT, and we were like, okay, let's catch him up on the circle. And then I wanted to change my answer. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I said confidence, but now I think it's bravery. I was like, because I'm scared to do it at all, you know? But yeah. do it anyway. I guess just knowing everything's going to be okay and that I'll still be alive after it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe less Although cool. you might want to be dead. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. You will still Maybe be I'll alive. want to die, but I'll still be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's funny. You know, I actually think about that a lot if you ever watched Euphoria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Of course I did. I know I'm a little old to be watching Euphoria, but everybody was talking about it, so I was like, you know, fuck it, I'll watch it. And in the second season, there's this girl that says, the best thing about confidence is that nobody knows if it's real or not. And I think about that all the time. I'm like, how many people do I just inadvertently give so much respect and admiration to just because they're acting like they know what they're doing? And, like, the only difference between the two of us is that they're acting like they know what they're doing, and I'm not. (laughs) I mean, that kind of... asks a pretty interesting question to me of if you're quote unquote faking confidence is that not just real confidence to still go up there and pretend like you know what you're doing i think it's a brave thing to do yeah but i don't know if it's a confident thing to do because i think if you were confident it wouldn't be something you'd have to do you would just be doing what you i think we're getting into semantics mm. <laughs> confidence. Ooh, psychology uh, yeah this is now a psychological <laughs> podcast <laughs> Have you done voiceover work? I have done voiceover work for a couple of indie films, like indie cool. animations. Fun. Um, oh, they're, they're not that great. I bet it but, paid really well. No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> they were both a hundred bucks flat. That is not my rate. <laughs> that is not my. And then you had to buy your own lunch. <laughs> oh my god. Just kidding, but still, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. I had to take an Uber home with my shoes in my hand. Okay, yeah. absolutely <laughs> fucked me. And, oh no. Uh, I mean, it was just fun. It was something I found myself online. 
Um, it's like little indie animations that people start up. One was about a drunk detective, and I played the drunk detective. And we didn't finish the series, but I still filmed it. Or not filmed it. I still recorded it. And uh, it was fun. And now I took like a few months to pitch myself for voiceover to my agent. Uh, and then the voiceover department kind of disbanded. And I was, I was oh. I'm just lost at sea. And I'm like, I got to submit to different agents now. Now that I went uphill to get this one, it just disbanded. But that's okay. I, I believe in myself. I'll get Aww. there. You kind of have to. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you have to. As an actor, no, it's, it's yeah, rough no out there. No one's going to root for you 100% of the time. No. you got to be there for yourself. When you look back on all the times you've ever done improv, what was your favorite night? Uh, my favorite night of improv? It might be... Uh, honestly, it might be uh, a night where I was on a really good upswing. Um, oh, oh, I, I hear I hear everyone's mentioning uh, Cole <laughs> Wadsworth. Yay. Everybody Yay, shout out. We love you. Great. <laughs> he deserves the praise. Uh, yeah, no, it was after, I was in a slump with improv for a while. Like, I would do okay when I first started, because I had my little shticks and the things that I knew would be funny, and I just sort of stuck to them, and I played very safe, and I wouldn't jump in unless I knew that I had something really good. And I remember he was giving an interview by the lovely Brett Schultz at uh, Bibliotech, oh, more, more sponsor, <laughs> and, uh, and he was giving an interview, and uh, he asked him, I think he said in his 11 years or so of doing improv, what was a, a big breakthrough moment for you? And um, he said that he stopped worrying about an ending. And I was like, that actually woke me up a little bit because I was just sort of listening half, half listening. I'll be, I'll, you know, I was just like, oh, let's just do the improv. Come on, we're doing an interview. And then he said that and I was like, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> what yeah, do you mean? yeah, yeah, you like, have you mean, yeah. You have my attention. You have my attention now. What is this? And he's just talking about how he wouldn't jump in unless he knew how it was going to end and he had a plan and like, uh, for lack of better words, like safety net of, okay, the worst this scene can go is this, you know, I'm just gonna do with this because I'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. He had, a, he had an ending mm -hmm. or like he had, he, he stopped worrying about an ending. At yeah. Least. And then I really thought to myself, I was like, I guess that's good. Um, huh. I worry. About, I was like, I'm always <laughs> thinking about that because I like to write and I, I think that it's like that because when I'm doing improv, I feel the same the same uh, creative spark in my mind as I the, the joy that I get in improv that I that I get when I when I write uh, a story or a play or anything fun like that. Oh. Um, so I was attributing it to my writer's brain of like, okay, but if I if I plant this seed in the script first per se, how am I going to be able to loop? How am I going to be able to to have it string along and be cohesive to this whole thing? And I was applying that to improv as well. And being like, okay, if I come in and I make this offer or I respond in this way, what am I saving myself with later? You know, what, what is a safety net that will catch me later? How does this loop in with what someone said earlier? And because of that, I would never start a show. I always Started let someone like else. No, 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 no. I mean, you'll see blah, 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 blah in five, four, three, two, one, and uh, people walk out. I never really did that very much mm -hmm. because I wouldn't know where to begin because everything I did was reactionary based off what had gone on in the set yeah. slash already established because I wanted it to be cohesive but it doesn't matter if it's cohesive you just go for it as yeah. long as you're in the moment you're having fun you go for it so end of that tangent <laughs> Cole had said he stopped worrying about an ending and then I was just like man I worry about that and I had this whole big epiphany sitting in that chair at bibliotech staring at the floor thinking about all the times I've thought about an ending and then I was just like, oh my God, this is holding me back, mm -hmm. man. And I just, I, I decided to throw it away that night and I did. And I remember it was absolutely awesome. I really thought I killed it. Everyone had a good time. It was a lot of laughs. People were saying how present that I was on stage and how much they really enjoyed it. And um, that, uh, that was great. And I thanked Cole afterwards because uh, he had mentioned, he was like, man, great set. And I was like, dude, that's thanks to you. Because I just threw away the idea of an ending. Because I always mm -hmm. thought that I did well in improv games. But then I kind of bombed doing a set. Uh, a set meaning like a montage? Oh, oh yeah. A, a montage. Okay. Like playing quote unquote for real. You know? Yeah. And I always thought, man, why? Is it nerves? I'm not nervous. Like, why do I suck? Like on stage and I'm good at games. Yeah. And I know it's because when I do games, I'm not thinking about tying anything together. I'm just saying, you know, crazy shit falling out of a tree for no reason. And right. I don't care where it's going to go. And that's what made it fun. Um, so now I try and bring that energy. And then, 
almost ended the tangent. I went, I went to Dynamic <laughs> El Dorado, rest in peace, for their Mining for oh, Cold no. Jam. They're still alive. <laughs> rest in peace. And I, and I went after Bibliotech, and it was Tuprov. And I had Tuprov with, I believe, uh, I, I forget his name, but he um, was, I believe, a stand-up. And he didn't really do improv. So it was one of his first times doing improv, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he very clearly was a bit skittish in the scene. He didn't really know where to go with it and all these things. And we had to be up there for five minutes, which seems like a long time if you don't know what you're doing. That's right? years. Yeah. yeah. And, and someone had brought up, like, I think boxing was the word. And we just ended up doing a set. And I was very proud, because um, you said my favorite moment in improv, that I was able to make him look really funny and make him look like he knew what he was doing when I saw that there was like a blank or that there was a struggle in the scene. And it, it, there was no, I didn't allow it to be awkward or for it to be like a standstill moment. You know, I was like, wow, I was able to, um, for I guess lack of a better word, carry. And I didn't really think that I had any strength at all. So all that was probably my favorite night was letting go of that, worrying about an ending and I guess fear mm-hmm. of is this gonna go well if i do this yeah shout yeah. out to cole yeah shout out to cole yeah so what's your fear then in that moment is it's you are afraid that you're gonna pick something that's gonna be hard for you to wrap up i think that was a a, a part of it a, a fear of like i'm going to i don't want to dig a hole that hits stone you know you want to dig a hole that keeps on digging so, yeah. you, so you can get further and further and, and deeper in the story and i was just worried about giving something that would make people stand still or make them stare and not know what to say. And I guess I was worried about making the set look bad mm, and, yeah. and all these things. Yeah. But now I'm just like, whatever. If it lo- if something goes wrong, and I've definitely said things that didn't always go well, <laughs> uh, I'll just save it. If I ruined it, I will save it. And I, I just have to trust in myself that that will happen or someone will do it for me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> even better. Yeah, even better. <laughs> It'll be just fine. Every, I will live. Everything will be just fine. I discovered the other day that I'm kind of afraid of jumping in when we're doing scenes where you keep the same character for a long time. Really? I forget what you call those games. For the tap out thing? Um, yeah, like a tap out journey or yeah. if you're doing um, long form. Where you're I keeping am. the character the whole time. I'm like so afraid that my character's not going to be useful and that they're going to end up getting kicked out pretty early just because they have like an unimportant job. Aww. Or I'm afraid that what I'm going to be doing is not going to be additive to what's already there. So, like, the other day we were having rehearsal for Who Let the Frogs Out. Shout out. For the Village League. (laughs) And I was with uh, three other people, so it was a small group. And they all kept jumping in before me. And I I was really standing there like, I do not know what would make sense for a long period of time. If we were doing a montage, I could jump in for a second and I wouldn't even think about it. But, like, I was going to have to keep that character for a while. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge. Like, we had that, actually, at our last uh, uh, show on Saturday where I started the the set of Melons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was about Melons. And, of course. Uh, yeah, and I was in it for probably, like, the first five minutes. A long time. I was in there for a long time. And I and I definitely, when, when someone got tapped out, I think Malik tapped someone out, and then he was getting himself situated in character, and I was able to sort of just, like, look at him and, like, like be ready. You know, mm-hmm. no, no longer as a character in improv, but as, but as John, you know, I was like, oh, I've been in this for a while. I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like where am I going to, oh man, where am I going to go now? Okay, great. <laughs> am I the same guy? I definitely had a check-in moment with myself and then he just started saying things and I was like, okay, I'm back. You know, <laughs> back. Um, it definitely uh, forced me to either be present or fail if I'm on stage for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of names, a lot of jobs, a lot of like yes. locations. And I that's... better be listening because if not, I'm going to fail. And that's just the way it's going to go. It's mm-hmm. like juggling. It, it, if you juggle, which I do, shout out. You can juggle? It's on my resume. Hire me. I, I juggle. Notice. I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone at my name day party <laughs> lost one of my juggling balls. I'm really sad. <laughs> I have to buy a new set. It was only a limited edition from my school that shut down anyway. <laughs> so, like, like juggling and doing things like that, oh like, increases, uh, I don't want to just say amygdala and just be an idiot, but it, ra- it increases some uh, part of your brain mm. matter, like, physically. Mm. Doing it enough, because your brain is a muscle. And so when you use it, it's going to get big and swole and jacked. You jacked? Know? <laughs> I want my fucking, brain to be you know, jacked. Your brain to be fucking yoked. Okay? That's my goal. Yeah, so I, I, would, I would believe improv does something like that. 
How, how did you find the jam, too? Did you, like, was it, like, word of mouth? How did I find the jam? I found the jam when I was going to Dad's Garage, and I was taking their class, and I started doing their Tuesday night Dad's Jam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was okay. I kind of had trouble, like, uh, like making friends and really? kind of fitting in with their community. I did. I did have a little bit of trouble. Um, it seemed kind of hierarchical of things uh and i was obviously level one little fish didn't know anybody so it was a really hard time for me to kind of squeeze in yeah and uh get people to make eye contact <laughs> and to like just be you know, uh, this is making me this is making everyone at dad's not really mean they're not really mean but i had a hard time fitting in i just didn't really yeah, fit yeah, in yeah. i think i mean i went out with them a couple times for karaoke and stuff but that was fun but i just didn't really think <laughs> i fit in so i was asking them like hey uh what are some other jams going on uh, oh actually no I was wondering uh, if I could be signed up for the jam because um, I was running late because there was a little group message and I was asking the people there if they would sign me up and they said it wasn't happening that night and I was like oh no what am I going to do and they're like oh well there's other jams in the city you know and I was like no I don't know that and then uh, Betsy Reeves shout out to Betsy Reeves a lovely human being She's she uh, linked some of the jams like one at Village that used to be on Thursdays and one at a roll call theater that was hosted by Brett Schultz. And I went, like, on their second to last uh, show, or jam, oh, wow. at, at roll call. Because um, they ended up moving venues, of course, to Bibliotech afterwards. And I was just a stranger at these jams. And there was, like, this heartfelt speech that <laughs> Brett was giving about how nothing's going to take their jam away from them. And, uh, and they are artists, and they're going to have fun no matter what. And he was, like, Aww. he was such a a, 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 a figure and um, <laughs> inspired everyone to keep on doing it. And then he said he was going to get a new space um, at Bibliotech. And Matt was there. Um, and it was great. It was really wholesome. The whole, the whole community, I could feel it immediately. Like, when I was just around them, um, I was like, these are good people. These are very opening and welcoming. And you know, it was easy to just to fit right in. And we went to Bibliotech. And I went uh, in, like, April or May for a little bit. And then I had to take a break because I um, got, I started a new job. And it started being kind of demanding. And then I came mm. back, yeah. Fuck that job. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Have you ever Boo. liked a job that you've had? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, besides the creative ones. Obviously, yeah. Uh, for day jobs, is there ever been a day job I really enjoyed? <laughs> Sometimes I like shitting around at a restaurant that I work mm. at. You know, my parents used to own one, so I like, I, I, have, I have roots in the restaurant industry. And, like, uh, I've had fun for, like, a few months working at a restaurant because you know you jive with certain people and they're fun you go out for bars and you know and then you know things are just flowing for a bit but then you realize oh six months have gone by i'm not i'm not progressing in my life i'm literally just waiting tables and that's got to stop you know and then i think it's just feet when that stagnant reality hits you that's when i start to dislike a job because with acting, every single job I get, I'm like, okay, that's like a level up in my career. That is yeah. a that is a pot. That's a step. Nothing has ever felt like a step down. It's like, oh, an industrial that doesn't pay that well. I am so grateful that I got that. You know, I'm happy to be here. This is amazing. This is what I, you know, this is whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to downplay this. Waiting tables. I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> I like talking to people, and that's really the highlight of the day is talking to strangers. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> not too many day jobs. That I'll enjoy them for a bit for a minute. And sometimes it is fun to just go into, like, a new one and start a new job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after a while, I just get so tired. Of it's like again. starting a new season of a TV show. I know. I All love it. And you characters. meet a new cast. Oh, my God. That's why yeah. I stayed in the restaurant industry for a while. I've been waiting tables when I was 16. Now I'm 26, and I just got fired. Woo! From a Bones Woo-hoo! Restaurant. <laughs> Shout out. That's my friend. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> yeah. Um... And uh, it's fun. I love the restaurant industry in like a psychological way because mm. everyone there is just like fucked up in their own <laughs> different way. And it's really? like a it's like a it's like a character expose when I'm when I'm, <laughs> when I'm at work and I can just I'm never bored just talking to the people because I'm like, how's your day been? What's going on in your life? That's so funny. Fa- they, their lives are crazy. I knew one guy who was like ex mobster with one eye and he made his own wine 
and he was a, <laughs> just a fun dude, and he wanted to party and do cocaine. And I was like, this, and he's like 40-something, and I'm like, this guy's awesome. I, was like, this I is, like this like, guy. This is, that's one of the ten characters that work there. Like, this is, this yeah. is fun. Yeah. It People kinda, are boring, so that's nice. It's kind of like putting more characters in your bag of skills, you know what I mean? I kind of have more, like, totally. ideas to pull out. To- some of the voices I do in my day-to-day, of just, like, the characters and stuff I put on, I'll really think about it. I'm like, where did I get that voice from? Oh, that was Dan from the ranch house I used to work at. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, man, that's really, like, round your son. Like, like, his little voice, I'm like, that's what, it, that's him. Like, wow. So I do kind of pocket these people. I like to impersonate. And do yeah, like for sure. Yeah. Or the airport is a great place oh, to my God. find people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Public good stuff. transport, great equalizer. I love it. Also, grocery stores. I don't know why. Trader Joe's. A lot of interesting people in there. There are some crazy people. I was at Publix the other day. You can cut this out. I don't care. I was at Publix the other day. No, the people want to know. And I was in an aisle, and I said, bro, where's the tomato sauce? And this guy said, he was like, it's um, by the soups and other shit. That's what this worker said to me. <laughs> he said, it's by the soups and other shit. And I was like, right on. Yeah, cool. I felt that. I was like, I totally get you. I was a teenager once too. And I walked away and I'm getting uh, the tomato sauce. It was by the soups and the other shit. And this guy (laughs) walked up to me next to these other people. We're all just minding our own business, trying to avoid each other. And uh, this guy walked up to me and he was like, hey, excuse me, sir. I'm a millionaire. (laughs) <laughs> that's what he said Tell me, to me more. That's what he said. I was like, want to go out? I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I'm a millionaire. And I was like, good for you, man. That's what I said. Well, right, good for you. And I didn't think anything of it. Because I was just like, yes, handing it for some reason. And then he walked <laughs> over and I saw him like, like poke other people and be like, hey, I, I don't need to bother you. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> he just got <laughs> And he just was walking around Publix. I mean, think about it. That. If you were a millionaire, wouldn't you tell oh, people? Oh, man, right? <laughs> yeah. I looked around and I was like, you know, I think I believe him. I was like, com- com- that's, the, that's the plug, confidence. Confidence is king. I believed he was a millionaire. And you know what? If he isn't, he should be. <laughs> Sometimes I want to go up to people and be like, hey, instead of going to the gas station that was closest to my house, I drove to one that was an extra two minutes away, but I saved oh a total of $2 on my gas. <laughs> so a it's a win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a millionaire. Oh my God. I drive, I drive 12 miles to Smyrna so I can get Costco gas. Are you joking? You can cut this out. <laughs> you drive 12 miles to get your gas. That's an oxymoron. Okay, I also get a $1.50 hot dog and Diet Pepsi. Okay, fair. They have okay. the best pizza ever. Oh, and you no. used to be able to buy, like just walk in and buy food, even if you weren't a member, but now you can't. Oh, damn. It, what? it feels classist. What is this classist system? That's exactly what I was going to say. What is this classist system? <laughs> that is, that's, this, this is This isn't America. the America what I thought I knew. This? <laughs> Oh my god, let me get my red hat and oh fix god. this. Um, I do want to travel. I am getting my passport now that I have my fixed name. I can't Yay. help but smile whenever I say it. Where's the first place you want to go? Uh, probably, I mean, whatever's easiest. I'm going to go to Belgium because I have family there. Oh. And just stay with my aunt. And then I have family, I believe, in Italy and Spain. And I'm going to hit them up. And just honestly, might uh, backpack Europe before I move to LA and see what the hell is out there for me. Uh, but traveling, I've been to, I think, like, th- almost 30, if not 30 states. But I've never been outside of the states. <laughs> Is there anywhere in America you haven't been that you really want to go to? Um, I mean, I technically I'm in L.A., so I'd like to at least see it before I move there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like I'm just going to move there without knowing what it's like and then hate it. Um, yeah, but so many people do that. It's like, yeah, it's you're going to meet so many people. I've never been to Atlanta before thing. I moved here. Oh. I just I moved on a whim, actually. Damn. Yeah, I just didn't know what market I wanted to go to. I was depressed for a year after college. Didn't know what I wanted to do with my career. Because mm. I was a theater guy doing theater. And I had my degree in acting. They did give us a year of film training. But That's I didn't, good. I, didn't, I mean, I knew I was a very strong theatrical or theater performer. But I also saw on the screen that I was not the strongest film actor. Mm. I was really big. Um, and uh, it took me a while to tone that down. So... I was like, well, I want to be an actor, but I really want to make money. And I'm not going to grind for years as an apprentice in a theater so that way I can have a, a shot 
at being ensemble for a year so that way I can gain enough notoriety so I can audition for the the best friend of the hero. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I want to go not that film is any easier or, or per se, but it's like I want to be able to make some money and have some freedom in my life while I'm becoming an actor. And realistically right now the world is shifting towards or at least our world is shifting towards film. Um so I decided to place my eggs in that basket. And I don't regret yeah. it. It's been a lot of fun. There is a magic to theater. Um, but I think that you can find that same magic in improv and um, even in stand-up in live theater and things like that. I right? love stand-up. That's my stand-up favorite thing to so, watch. I love watching stand-up. I went to an it's open so mic without even signing up the other day. I just went there and watched because I didn't feel like it. Huh. Um, but it was great. You know, I love seeing people and their acts. I, I think a lot of people forget that it's a performance. You know? They totally it do. is. And, and that's what makes it a good performance if it's, if it's you. If it's genuinely you. I had a guy come up to me after an open mic um, a couple weeks ago and he asked me, and he was like, hey, what happened? He was like, what happened? Like, wh- my story was funny. He was like, think of my, he was like, my, my uncle pretended to be deaf so he could date a deaf girl. Isn't that funny? He was like, what? Like, why did, no one liked it. He was like really sad and he, he was a stranger. I didn't even know his name. And he just came to me and he started saying all these things. And I was like, um, uh, well, first of all, I'm, I don't know why I'm the authority figure <laughs> why you're asking me. And he was like, oh, I thought you were funny. And I was like, oh, thanks. Great. Um, but I, I don't... What I told him was, man, it doesn't matter what your story is. Not that I'm an expert or any kind, but just I like to watch it. And what I mm-hmm. think is enjoyable is people who are themselves and are interesting and genuine. And they take you on a journey and on a story are always going to be far more enjoyable than the person with the wackiest story. and Or the, the most, quote unquote, funny thing to say yeah you know some of the best stand-up i've seen is totally arbitrary and mundane things that they're talking about i'm not watching it for the text i'm watching it for them they're funny i told them you have to be funny it's you it's your character it's who you are it's how you would be to your friends if you're telling a story you know you can't be like performing a scripted thing of your uncle pretending to be deaf it doesn't matter how good you're you could copy a stand-up on Netflix special that killed and do it with the exact same inflection and word for word at an open mic and you might bomb because yeah. it's not you, you know? Yeah. And that's what I think. I And I'm the authority figure, stand-up. apparently. What'd you say? I'm the authority figure. Yeah, apparently. you obviously are obviously, the expert. Obviously, I'm the in expert. situation, you have done 15 open mics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just right. kidding. I don't actually I try know to hit it once a week. Level. I did it once a week and I've been doing this since like April. You look seasoned and comfortable. Well, I think that's just me as a performer. Um, I'm terrified of stand-up. I'm, <laughs> I am not comfortable. I have a full diapy when I am on stage. <laughs> I have a big baby. That's <laughs> funny because that's why the other day when you got on stage and you were at Limerick doing the open mic. and when you ignored me. Uh, untrue, first of all. But when I told Taylor that he did good, I didn't even <laughs> think that you were waiting on a compliment from me. Cause you looked so smug and confident. I was like... I don't even want to boost, like, I don't even want to fluff his ego right now. A lot of people say that. No, You looked like you had me. enough. Okay, I'll look, I'll look more insecure and wiggle my fingers together and <laughs> look great. like I'm having a rough time. Be clearer oh, with I your emotions. Okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I've always wanted to try stand-up, but I don't like writing jokes. You don't have to write jokes. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You don't have to no, write okay. jokes. Just go and talk about whatever. I went up there once, and I had no material. And I went um, to uh, another sponsor, Alex Libby's A-List Slumber Party <laughs> at Roll Call Theater. This I went, is an ad. Uh, I went there, um, and I just signed up for a bucket. Because I went there just to watch. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, hey, good to see you. Are you going to do a bucket? And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, no one's done the bucket yet. You put your name in the bucket. I was like, okay. I was like, I don't have any material. Um, fuck it. I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I went up there, and it was good. It was fine. Everything went well. People laughed. I was just... I just decided, what's something that's on my mind? I just talked about something that was on my mind. I just made a story out of it. And that was my stand-up. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to write jokes. Not that you shouldn't. Not that you should do that all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good advice. But then, yeah, just do it, guys. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, don't plan at all. But um, you don't have to is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Because it's you. You're what they wanted to watch. And I figured yeah. if I just be myself and talk about something, <laughs> then... 
then uh, I talked about my vasectomy and the, <laughs> and the and the discomfort slash pain that has occurred afterwards, and turning that into a set, and that was it. And it was and it was funny because it was in a room full of women, because <laughs> it was slumber party. They're all in their PJs. I was not, <laughs> and I was just the guy that came in <laughs> to do stand up in front of all these women. Um, this whole situation is right up your alley. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Me in a room full of women. <laughs> yeah, that was it. You were comfortable. I was so comfortable, <laughs> right? And I'm talking about my balls. <laughs> I, I talked mm, about. I love. It, I love that we got here. <laughs> now we're in the after hours. <laughs> I knew it was just a matter of time. <laughs> Now we're in yes and, <laughs> but, but that was what happened, and it was funny because I was like, "Listen, I know you all can relate <laughs> right to this issue I'm having," uh, but it was great. It was a fun time. Dang. Um, well, when you eventually moved to LA, I think you'll really enjoy the Comedy Store. That oh was, yeah, like, my favorite place it. to go, and I know that's cliche because obviously it's like the most famous comedy venue in the country, but it really is so fun, and you get to watch like they really do long shows. They'll do like. 11 Man. comics. I, I mean, mean, they just go and go and go. Laughter is just the, one of the best things for you in life. It's one of the best things you could ever ask for. It's such a gift. And the fact that you can just like walk into a bar and watch someone try and make you laugh for free is crazy. Yeah. You know, you can just walk in there. And it's like, as a stand-up, it's, it's, I have so much respect um, for improvisers and stand-ups and people that really put themselves out there in this way. Um, I remember someone once told me, why are you, like, I don't understand why you were so nice. Like, like in, in, in improv or something. Someone had made some, <laughs> so maybe it was you actually, that was like, <laughs> I don't know if I trust where your niceness is coming from. That was me. Like, yeah, that was you. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> but I, I was like, oh, uh, because you were saying, um, it's like, there was no reason for me to be this friendly to like the people. So it seems like, why? Yeah. Like, it was questionable. And my thing was just, if you are here and you're doing this and you're putting yourself out there, um, I uh, am in love with you. Like, I, I love you. <laughs> I think you're an awesome person and I already respect you. Like, you are already an A-tier person in the world to me for having the balls to come up here and do stand-up or improv. I already am so biased yeah. in, in your favor. I'm already your cheerleader. So yeah, I'm gonna be friendly and I'm gonna be really nice to you because yeah. you're all you're all you've already proven to have a quality that I highly admire. You know, that's a good point. That's probably why it's so easy for us to make friends in the community yeah. because you already have this huge thing in common, and usually it's telling of a personality type so or personality much, traits. So much it shows so much good in you that you're willing to do this. You know, and there are people, of course, who are not from a good place that are that are trying out these things but they don't stick around yeah because it wasn't for it wasn't for for a, a for them or for us it was for like an ego or something stupid like that and that that, that just doesn't last you know yeah it's not enough fuel to keep on going no. in this art form you're gonna get exhausted there's no absolutely. way to yeah, get absolutely. around that and that's why i've been really trying to build the foundations of improv recently like really focusing on little things because i don't want to feel like i'm constantly treading water you know what i mean like i want to have yeah. a confident approach to what i'm doing and also i did that two weeks ago granted was i drunk yes so maybe this made it easier <laughs> but it was the second I village show i can't do that I can't get really? intoxicated and do improv. I just want to be as sharp as possible. Mm. So I really don't want to... I don't want to do that. If I was acting, I wouldn't. But here, yeah. I feel like it actually helps me quite a bit. Really? Does it yeah. help you get out of your head, per se? Exactly. I see. Yeah. And that was exactly what happened. And I felt like I, I could just have more fun. And I felt more in control. Because the week before, when we had our show, the first show at Village, I jumped in like five times. I was, like, not my normal self. And it wasn't as fun. I was like, ew, I don't like that. The Melon Show? No, the Melon Show was fun. Oh, okay, okay. We bombed, and I had a great time. I didn't give a shit, honestly. Dude, we fucked up. But oh, we did not read the room. <laughs> we did not read the room. It was an all-female crowd, and JT, shout out, love him. He makes great, <laughs> he makes bumping beats. He Everyone did. listen to JT's beats. He, <laughs> he is, he's great. Uh, it was all-female crowd, 
And Skyler, Skyler decided, he was just saying offhandedly, just like a joke, we should go out there and say, who's ready to fuck? You know? And I was like, I support you, man. Yes, Anne. Like, I will do whatever yes, you want. Like, you're hosting, you're leading our show. That's what you want to do. Let's do it, guys. And I was like really amping it up. Like, yeah, let's do it. And you, you, can tell, you can tell Skyler was like, okay, well, maybe let's not. <laughs> that might not be a real thing. And Malik was sort of on board and everything. So, so finally, we just said, okay, let's do it. And we walked out. We just see just a room full of ladies. And we just come out and say, who's ready to fuck? I'm so surprised that they didn't like us from the get-go. I'm so surprised. This team of like five dudes and Riley. And we're all doing improvs. And what's our word? What is our word? Melons. Melons. I was like, I cannot wait to do a tits joke. I cannot wait. Nobody change the subject. <laughs> Here we go, tits. Yeah. I was like, obviously, I'm gonna rip my my figurative shirt off. Like oh that's happening. God. We were on stage, <laughs> and and I tried to say, oh, I brought in cantaloupe as our office meal because I'm worried about your health, boss. And then things just kept on getting more and more sexual about melons. And then Riley finally taps someone out. She comes in, and I'm like, ah, oh, finally some. <laughs> Some feminism's going to sprinkle this stage and tell me why us people of color matter. And there's going to be, you know, all these things. And she comes out and says, do you like them big or what? You know? Something stupid. And I was like, okay. I don't know what else to do this, but I haven't jumped in yet. I need to do something. Thanks, Riley. You're You know, all the women in that room were rooting for you. And you just spat on their tits. And you said, I'm going to do another boot. I said, joke. no, I'm here to have a good time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't care what any of you think. Oh, it was perfect, though. Oh, my God. So many teams have come out of the jams. Yep. Out of the Bibliotech jams specifically. And it's crazy awesome to see all these people just, like, magnetized to each other and see that they have chemistry when they're randomly paired up at a jam. And then yeah. they go and they hang out and they're friends. And now they're going to be a team. It's great. It's a great, wholesome thing to see. Um, and uh, it's it's awesome that they're opening for our community incestual shows <laughs> that, we all, <laughs> that we perform in and watch. <laughs> <laughs> we all do shows for each other. <laughs> yes. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I get emo sometimes when I introduce new people to the community. Because I'm like, if you like to do this kind of stuff... You, this is just a breeding ground of people who want to do, like, work on projects, want to be your friend, want to get coffee with you. This is the creative community in Atlanta. Yeah. This is the. Because Improv and KTL have kind of married a little bit. Yeah. You know? A lot of cross And I think a lot of that is, you know, thanks to, like, the people that have blended them both, like Brett, of course, for instance. Because um, he lives in the KTL house and also mm-hmm. uh, is, like, directing the KTL uh, uh, weekly videos. And is just killing it there. And then he's hosting the Wednesday Night Bibliotech Jam. So it, it helped kind of marry the two groups and integrate a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and now it's just like, hey, cool people meet cool people. You know? And yeah. now we're all cool together. And yeah. people are merging. And, you know, they're, you see improvers doing KTLs. And now I'm seeing people from KTL jamming at improv. Like, it's, it's awesome to see, them, to see them do that. People I've only seen work a camera are now, like being fucking hilarious on stage yeah. uh, like Troy Martin I love him he absolutely kills me when he does improv I love working with him I think he's super funny and I had no idea that he was interested in anything like that so mm-hmm. yeah yeah the worlds are really colliding they are a lot for, in, a, in the best way in the best way possible it's good for both communities oh yeah yeah like not a lot of people that do improv are even actors they just I find that so fascinating so so fascinating because it's not really acting you're right it's not really acting but then again that's well if you want to if you it want is, to get but it deep. isn't it is no 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 i was gonna say acting shouldn't really be acting you know what i mean so it's like yeah, yeah it's just, it's, i agree it should be being you right know? exactly and improv is just being and the more you be the better you will be you know i mean i'm i have an acting background but i just like that it's like a lot of practice a lot of shows a lot of rehearsal whereas normally for acting like as you know you get a lot of jobs but even you you don't work by every day by any means you know so it's gonna get practice in but then other for other people it's a hobby i mean just like when i was first starting out and getting on stage at dad's garage for their jam like that was definitely terrifying right Mm -hmm. and i was paired up with a girl who was also in a beginner class 
and um, I was terrified because she kept uh, she was asking me uh, every response that I'm not blaming her in any way right mm-hmm. I was also messing up you know but just saying what happened yeah she was just asking me a lot of questions about the scene during the scene being like a be like oh that thing I what well, what is that how do you get into that oh how do you do it can you show me how do you do that and I'm like oh no. I'm not good enough to handle this. I was like, I can't, I can't keep up. I don't know how to carry a scene. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing myself. Don't ask me. Someone throw me a life vest, Yeah, please. someone tap me out. Wait, it's just us? I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck, you know? And that was definitely terrifying. Brett had that little town hall meeting, right? He was talking about, like, you know, the fine lines and improv and the jokes and should there be moderation and censorship on these things and um brett was of a stance of i'm gonna have you say what's on your mind because i most important to, to me to him is you being yourself and being present and listening and really responding genuinely and you know what if the first thing that comes to your mind is something offensive then that's a good thing for you to think about and reflect on yeah and work on you know don't hide the things that you need to work on not to say that if you have something horrible you should say it of course but if you don't if you don't know how do you fix it right right so i think it's okay if someone makes a mistake and says something that's a little offensive um if they are willing to correct it and grow and you know have a, a positive outcome out of it yeah, their reaction to that critique is important. Absolutely, right? I mean, he, he made one story uh, when he was doing improv. I think he said in New York. I could be wrong. Um, and this guy in his class, uh, it was a white guy and then an Asian guy, and they were doing an improv set. And the white guy says to him, he starts the set by saying, you can't be my roommate anymore. It's It, it smells like fried rice when you're here or something like that, right? And then everyone was like, okay, cut. You know, they're like, we're yeah. not, no, 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 that's not okay. And everyone had a really big reaction to him doing that. And the guy was like, what, are, well, I'm just being my, that's what, that's what the first thing that came to my head. What, what's wrong? Isn't that what improv is to be genuine? And Brett had that comment of, the first thing that comes to your mind when you see a, a Asian improviser is fried rice. You have some self-reflection yeah. <laughs> that you need to do. You need to see more dimensions to a human being than a low-hanging fruit racial stereotype joke. You know? Yeah. There should be more that you can see in a person. <laughs> yeah. For, for context, yeah, than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. It's telling, you know, and also it's, it's like all the jokes in the world and you have to tell an offensive one. Like there are so sure. many things that are funny that are not even remotely offensive. So whenever they do walk a thin line or a fine line like that, I'm like, you could have made any joke. Why are you doing sure. this? Like why did you go out of your way to yeah. do that? Why or why, you or why did you be lazy? Why were you lazy and pick that? You know? Yeah. Because I mean, I, I walked the fine line. And uh, this is an interesting point that Malik also, Malik Whitfield brought up of it's different to see him we're during the town hall meeting and he typed it in his phone and showed it to me he was like it's interesting to see the dichotomy uh and difference of what's acceptable in stand-up and what's acceptable in improv you know and i thought that was really interesting yeah. because i lean towards the stand-up side really honestly i think that if it's in if it's not punching down and if it is in good spirits nothing is offensive because we're here to laugh and, it, and it's funny you're not making fun of someone. You're making fun with someone, you know? And so I think those... I make jokes about my race and things like that in stand-up. Uh, like, uh, uh, I was saying that if I bomb, right? Like, I was bombing really hard. At, at, <laughs> you at, know. Yeah, at open mic and dynamic. Because it's for comics. So they're all on their phone. They don't really know me too well because I'm not in the scene of stand-ups too well. Yeah. And I was just saying... I was trying out some things that are more for, like, a lively bar crowd and not stand-ups that are trying to get their five minutes at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> so I was bombing. I wasn't doing that well. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I started looking at my phone. I'm like, it's okay if I bomb. It's in my culture. Uh, and I'm just, like, talking about it. And I'm like, I don't care. I think that's funny to me. And they laughed at it. And it's, like, it's not offensive because mm-hmm. I'm not making fun of that. I'm making fun with it. And mm-hmm. I that's where I stand on it. I know people have differences. 
Um, Isn't it interesting the difference in crowds though? Oh, for sure. Improv and stand up. I mean, it's like night and day though. Where improv is like, please just don't be an asshole. Let people grow, whatever. But stand up is like every man for themselves. If you're going to sit in the front row, you better not be self conscious about anything at all. (laughs) No bitches in the audience. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, don't be a. Don't be a bitch. Don't, you know, whatever, man. Take a joke. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I've seen people uh, cross the line in stand-up for sure. Um, and yeah. I've seen it live, you know. People are making a really offensive joke and it doesn't read well. And, uh, like, this one guy made a joke of his whole story was him with his sister starting to date. And he's... She's younger, so he's, like, protective older brother. And then she brought home this guy. And he, like, negatively describes, like, man, it was this guy. And he had a face tat and dreads. And he was in a hoodie and, like, all these, like, man. And I was, like, ugh. I'm, like, what is my sister? And I told my sister, I was, like, you need to, like, let me bring you a date next time, right? And then the next guy to go up was this great open micer. Uh, I, I think he's really funny. Khalil White. And he, he went up and he was like, anyone else think it's funny that he just described a black guy? <laughs> and then that was his idea of a bad date for his girlfriend. And Khalil has dreads and long hair and he's a black guy. So he was like, it was me. I fucked your sister. <laughs> oh and it, it totally just took like the, the bad that that guy had given and turned it into something great. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think anything can be saved. Almost anything can be saved. <laughs> I don't know. Anything's yeah. possible. Yeah, anything's possible. But sometimes yeah. it's, it feels like it's impossible. Yeah. But how does Atlanta make you feel? Do you like it here? Do you feel welcome? Oh, feel... wow. I didn't expect that question. How does Atlanta make me feel? Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. Because I don't base, I think, how I feel on my city. I think it's mostly me and where I'm at in my life. I guess that it, what Atlanta has brought for me in my life um, it makes me feel creative to a degree, but creative with a ceiling. It makes me feel creative with a ceiling. How so? I feel like it's a comfortable box and that's what it is. Um, or a, it's a, it's a five foot pool. I okay. can swim, but I'm never going to drown. You know what I mean? And I I would like the opportunity to swim in the ocean. I don't know if that's a good analogy. Right. Uh, which is why I want to move than a pool. Uh, to the West Coast and see what's out there for me and drown in the ocean. That's a good <laughs> that's, analogy that's for that. That's what then. I want to do. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, but a- Atlanta has a, a great community, great people, obviously. The improv community and KTL are such, such special groups to find. And anyone is lucky to be, to be here. Um, you know, but at the end of the day... It is, it is a hobby, and it is uh, a community with friends, um, but it does make me feel like there's a bit of a cap on what can be achieved. And that's not to say anything negative about it. I know people would disagree with that. People will say, oh, well, we're the next thing. We're going to blow up and be the next Hollywood. I personally don't think that. I don't know if that's true. Um, but I think that you can make something really special here for yourself and for your friends. Uh, but I am openly very career-oriented. And so I love it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. There's a ceiling. Yeah, that's for sure. I, that's what I think about Atlanta. I fully agree. And yeah. I think this is a great city to come to if you want training and experience. Oh, yeah. If you sure. just need to swim, try out swimming. Right. You're not going to drown. Try it. And if you want to get work, if you want to be involved. Totally. But, you, you know, for whatever what reason, like you can't to, be out there. To try improv, try stand-up, get an agent, be on set. Do it. Yeah. You it know, has a it lot of happen. great things for you. But then, you know, you're getting to the point where you're booking shit all the time. As much as I hate to give you compliments. <laughs> I know, my head's gonna... <laughs> not going to be able to fit. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to hit your ceiling if you haven't already, you know, to where you're going to have to branch out to bigger markets. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm, yeah, and that, that's, that's where my head is at right now. I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to say that I pay my rent with my art, and that is awesome. You know, that is a really cool thing to say. I'm living in poverty. <laughs> Let's not be, I'm not <laughs> swimming in money. Hey, I, I literally, I have a couch. <laughs> I literally pay my rent. That is how I get acting pays my rent. You know, Atlanta talent just is getting kind of shafted. We're we're not we're not getting paid the same. The non-union stuff is not paying what I, you know, if I was in LA and I said, 
what my situation now i booked four commercials in 30 days and i was like that's crazy that's awesome i'm really proud of that if i was in la (laughs) i'd be killing it i'd have a good amount of money but in atlanta i am paying my rent and that is you know that's what i was saying there's a ceiling of things that you can achieve yeah um but yeah yeah you know what was the question again yeah what was the question well how does atlanta make you feel that was it it makes me feel good it makes me feel creative i think that there's it's very safe and of course, safe and comfort. Safe as in I can try anything and nothing's gonna okay. really, you know what I mean? Okay, that kind of safe. Yeah, I, I, I could, uh, I, I could literally, I feel like I could literally do anything here. Um, maybe yeah. not on a grand scale, but I could do anything. You could try anything. I could try anything. In a, in a safe, comfortable you environment. You could stick a finger in a bunch of tiny pies, you know, but there's never gonna be a big pie for you to eat. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, already I can think of a few things that you and I have tried together. Or, that sounds... <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the way that sounds. What are you spilling <laughs> right after hours? I'm referring to the Botanical Gardens, okay? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> the Botanical Gardens. I that went splat lovely. painting the other day with Aaron. Are you getting warm? Yeah, I'm getting, getting hot, her. hot and steamy. <laughs> Thinking about our first date at the Botanical Gardens. Ooh, the so romance. By the romance. The sparks were it was flying. off the wall. <laughs> All the plants were fucking dead. They were dead. dead. <laughs> and the Christmas lights were weren't ta- turned on. I'm like, what are we They were <laughs> dead, and I didn't really know you that well, so I didn't know what to say. They were just yeah. hanging out. Well, just sometimes chilling. I like to go to Piedmont and just kind of wander around. Yeah, that's what you wanted originally. And then I was like, well, we're here at Piedmont. Let's go to Botanical Gardens. I have a membership. <laughs> so I can get people in for free. So. If I could think of two of the best ways to describe you, it would be the fact that you have a Botanical Gardens <laughs> membership. <laughs> okay. And also the fact that you sleep with an eye mask. Shut up. <laughs> I am very sensitive to light and I need my sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, people, we don't walk enough. We don't walk we enough. We don't walk enough. We don't walk enough. We drive too much. Traffic is horrible. We need public transport. We don't walk enough. I walk That's, two miles a day. Good. What? Where? In my neighborhood. I walk to the governor's mansion and back you, every day. I don't day. know if you have a neighborhood. Buckhead Village. Buckhead's not really a neighborhood. Buckhead is a construction site with shops. <laughs> that is Buckhead. There's, where people it's not live. a neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, where you live in your little tower, in your, in your 500 square foot studio. With a nice view, I might add. Of the construction. So it's small, but it's nice. (laughs) How nice. (laughs) Was getting a vasectomy painful? Oh my god, this is, I shouldn't have said it. Um, It was, it was a little painful. Really? Yeah. I figured you'd be out for the whole thing. I didn't get enough anesthesia, apparently, so I felt that shit, and that was fucking crazy. Yeah, I was like, like trembling in my entire upper torso, because everything in my body was telling me, do not move your anything below your hips because you do not want this surgery botched. You know what I mean? So I was just like, I was just like trembling and I was like, can I get more anesthesia? I was like, it was a, a, one of the worst pains I've had in my life. It was pretty bad. Um, Holy And then he gave shit. me more anesthesia and then uh, the next time was fine. Definitely like felt the it. The next time? Oh, because there I have, well, if you don't know, Riley, I have two testicles. So I have to... <laughs> So I had to get they each, do it separately? I had to get each one disconnected. Disconnected? <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. You know, they, like you just pulled a phone charger out of the wall. I mean, that's kind of what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Just the... Uh, yeah. Wait, that is just, so uh, funny. The, the, the baby serums disconnected to the love juice. Wait, so were you not supposed to feel it? It's just you, for some reason, weren't taking the anesthesia? Or like... Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't so really you were the spo- problem. You're supposed to like be aware that it's going on, I guess. Oh, I don't like that. You know, because you're just awake on a table with a blanket over you kind of thing. And um, it was like 20 minutes. It didn't take that long. He just asked me about, I don't know why this guy decided when I'm getting a vasectomy and I'm like, I really don't want kids and I don't want to accidentally get someone pregnant. Um, so I'm taking, trying to be responsible with the Roe v. Wade kind of thing going on, right? Um, I got it before. I knew it was going to pass. I knew Roe v. Wade I, I mean, like, was going to be destroyed. I knew it was going to be. It, just, it, it was no way it wasn't um, with the Supreme Court the way it is. So I scheduled it, and I was like, I don't want to get someone pregnant, and I don't want to put someone through the ordeal of having to get an abortion in a different state, because we're in Georgia, um, and going through that bullshit. So I just got it. And uh, you're not supposed to feel it. <laughs> but I did. Honestly, 
it was kind of romantic of you to do that as what? a woman. I'm like, you're making me emo. <laughs> oh, like, you did this up. for us. I mean, well, it's for me too. <laughs> That's I mean, come so on. sweet. But it's like it's a it's just trying to be responsible, you know. Um, if you don't want kids, which I do not, I would rather adopt. I've always thought that. Um, I don't care if a kid looks like me. You know, I mean, I'm gorgeous, of course, but I don't I need. Knew a, you were but say I don't. It. But I don't need a kid to look like me. I'd rather help a child in need than make a child to need me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's just so many kids in need that if I wanted, if I wanted to put my time towards, I, I would put. I would rather help an open case than create a new one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, whatever. I don't want kids. I don't want kids anyway. So I uh, yeah yeah that was it. Is what is something that's missed? true about you that people wouldn't expect? Oh, what? I guess, and for those who know, I guess I just, I don't, uh, I don't know. I guess this can be edited if it's not good. But I, I, I guess I just don't talk a lot about my family or my past because I sort of just roam alone, kind of ran away from home when I was 17 and just sort of been trucking it solo for well, since then, um, and so, I don't know, I, I guess that's something that always kind of surprises people, uh, I have been trying to get better about sharing about my life, and about things that have happened, and talk more openly about it, uh, so I, because I'm always so focused on my own personal growth, because mm-hmm. um, I want to be the best me that I can be, and I think that one thing that's been keeping me back is not talking about my family history and life history because a lot of it was very uh, uh, negative and traumatic. And so I guess I sort of just hide that part of myself. But now I'm in a mode of I won't bring it up. But if you ask me, I'll tell you, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think though that's probably... Um, just the whole big bag of worms that yeah 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 that I that would probably that, that does surprise people. I was talking um, to a friend uh, about this very intimately till five a.m. because they were just they they genuinely cared and they were interested and they were like, well, you know, uh, they wanted to get closer and like, well, I don't really know much. I get this a lot. I get people say, I don't know much about you. You know, I know what you do and I know who you are, like, as, like, a personality and, like, you're fun, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, I don't know your history and, like, much about you. And it's because I, yeah. sh- I don't share it. You deflect a lot. Oh, uh, shut up. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> there you go. No, I don't. <laughs> but, you know, it's just I don't want to bring people down. I don't, I don't want to be a bummer. I don't want to do these, you know, I don't want to be a, a rain cloud. So I don't talk yeah. about these things. Not that I have a rain cloud perspective on my life. I, I try not to. But I understand that the situations at face value are not positive you know yeah so and they don't make you feel positive when you're talking about them sure yeah. right because they're not something that you know i'll try and turn it into humor but i still see that painful look on their face of oh my god i'm so sorry you know what i mean it's yeah. like i'm not asking for that yeah uh, but you know i talked to this person till 5 30 in the morning uh about this and uh <laughs> i'm not gonna say who uh, i mean i could but i don't know it's, it was a personal thing i don't yeah gonna, don't you know. and um they were just well it was it was really sweet they really cared they cried and they said that they would never guess that anything like that is true about my life uh from just meeting me and knowing me and i thought that was a a nice i took it as a good compliment because it was like okay great i don't carry this baggage i don't carry this stuff that um would hurt me in the past and would hurt a lot of people still today um, and it lets me know that, okay, I'm growing past the things that have happened and all, and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's crazy. This community is really nice. Yeah. Um, shows you how far you've come. And where my life is. I, I really feel like I've, I'm living a different life, like as a different human being than, than when, I, than when I was a kid and when I was a teenager, it was a completely different life. Um, you know, like, I don't just you know, a bullet point, like single mom, three kids. I was the youngest. I was an accident. I slept on the floor. You know, I <laughs> I was forgotten about for a lot of stuff, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I grew up in a Texas. Uh, it was like in between San Antonio and Johnson City, and so it was like a suburb of all white kids, and I was like one of the only brown kids, and I had a lot of uh, racial uh, 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 unfairness in a lot of ways, and it was unfortunate, you know. 
Uh, but it's like now I go through life and everything's great and I have people who love me and I love them and genuine relationships and it's just a completely different life. And uh, I think the name, the name change, I don't like calling it a name change. I like calling it fixing my name because my name has always been Sean, but it was just spelled different. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, but that kind of helped me feel more like too that, okay, almost like a rebirth type of thing of, okay, that life back then is over yeah and I, and I have something uh special and something I can look forward to now um it's like a satisfying way to close the door on that chapter such of the a name. satisfying way to close the door especially with so many new opportunities opening up for me um and a lot to look forward to it feels good being able to take a really strong step forward a hundred percent as myself and mm-hmm. that's really nice yeah. Yeah. And you had a party with all your friends. Who oh were, like, my god, so happy that was for you. so sweet. It was awesome. That was such a sweet thing. I yeah. really appreciated that. It made me feel very loved. And then you had someone here taking pictures the whole time. Oh my god! Yeah, Mike, he was taking photos. It was so nice. It was so all cute. documented, so you could yeah. see me get progressively more drunk <laughs> and more sweaty. It's like a time I, lapse. Towards the end, I was like, I am sweaty. I was like, I'm drenched. Like, is my hair wet? Yeah, that I was picture? like, that's what I was, I was like, is my hair wet? I was like, yeah. I was so greasy and just like, but I was so happy. I didn't, I didn't care. I was it was so such happy. good vibes. Yeah, yeah. It was good vibes. And Worth I'm all so, the sweat. so glad that every single person genuinely was saying how much fun they had. And I was like, that's great to hear. Because I literally just invited everyone that I love and, uh, uh, so if you're not invited, I don't love you. <laughs> no, but, no, but Basically. I, yeah, I invited a lot of people. Um, and I was really happy with the turnout for showed up. Yeah. Um, but I, everyone I loved and uh, was just genuinely a good, fun person. They were good and they had good intentions. And I think that's what made a great party, you know? Yeah. You just had great vibes, great people, fun, fun loving, want, want to make you laugh, want to make you happy. You know, you can have a great time like that in a parking lot if you have the right people. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. You could. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us could do almost nothing and still have a really good time yeah, together. Yeah, because we are the party, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of other friend groups and groups, communities that I see and that I've spectated and have been a part of, they need something to do. You know, like mm-hmm. when I would go out with restaurant people, you know, they need to be at a bar. They need to play darts, ping pong, get fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like, it's, they with us, we don't have to do any of that. We'll have even more fun doing that. But we don't have to do any of that. Yeah. It enhances the experience, but it's we good We were just way. sitting around on my couch the other night just all <laughs> yeah. talking. And it was such a, 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 a great vibe and good time. And yeah. I, I like that everyone genuinely cares about each other and about getting to know each other. And it, 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 they're not, it doesn't help them in any way. They're not, they're not advancing any career or doing anything. They yeah. are just good people and they, they care about each other and about you and about me and every, we care, you know? It's, yeah. it's really nice. Thank you so much, Sean. This is great. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's literally just us hanging out. With, with, <laughs> uh, I mean, you asked me canned questions. I don't know if they're canned, <laughs> but they, it was a good, it was a quality can. Well, thanks, dude. I yeah. bet I'll see you around okay. sometime. Bye. I never know how to end We're these We're going to watch Love on the Spectrum. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.